1: The Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly, transcribed with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick LeGrand, Dick Ryan, and me, Hollow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto, with music by the King's Band and Billy Mills Orchestra. get together in the evening, there always comes a time when the happiest thing you can say is, how about a cup of coffee? And take my word for it, that good coffee you make will taste extra good when you serve pet evaporated milk with it. Pet milk is whole milk that's double rich, concentrated to double richness by evaporation. And it gives coffee such a good creamy color and fine, mellow flavor, once you use it, you'll probably be like so many others who would rather use pet milk than cream in coffee. Most foods that give you extra pleasure cost extra, too, but not pet milk. Just think of it, pet milk costs less than half as much as ordinary coffee cream. So always have pet evaporated milk on hand for coffee as well as for cooking. Get some at your grocer's tomorrow. Vista Salon of Beauty is noted for two things their hot shampoos and their hot gossip. Here's a lady just home from there with a double order of each. As we join Phil McGee and Molly.
2: what else I heard at the beauty shop, McGee? No, I don't.
3: And frankly, kiddo...
2: I really got the lowdown for Madam Bertha today.
3: Hmm. Lowdown is right. There ain't any lowdown as lowdown as the lowdown Madam Bertha dishes out, believe it. (laughs) Her idea of a hot flash is the confidential information that old man McDonald, the president of the Third National Bank, wears button shoes.
4: (laughs) And don't think he don't. Well,
3: anyhow... Madam
2: Bertha was telling me what happened to Mrs. Smiling Sam Rhodes. You know, the used car dealer's wife.
3: Oh, I wish you wouldn't listen to that silly gossip down there, Molly. It just makes you look... This
2: is not gossip, Barry. It's a fact.
3: How can an intelligent, level-headed guy like I am's wife sit in that beauty shop with her head in the dryer <laughs> and her feet in the draft and soak up them silly rooms?
2: Well, I don't see how you can just say it's a now, thing. Now, look,
3: Cassie, it's time old dad had a talk with you. You fell into a bad habit of letting everything you hear go in one ear and stay there.
4: And that's dangerous.
3: Tell me more, master.
4: <laughs> All
3: right, I'll give you an example. Right out of history. How about Christopher Columbus? He started the rumor that the world was round and got people to believe in it.
2: Of course he did. That's how he discovered America. Sure,
3: and look what that led to. Gin rummy, jitterbugs, and jam sessions.
4: <laughs>
3: Flagpole sitters, Florida real estate, and flying saucers. <laughs> Bankhead bebop and banana burgers.
4: <laughs> Hot rods,
3: hitchhikers, and head of hopper's
4: hats.
3: Yes, Political platforms, plastic plumbing, and plunging necklines. <laughs> small, small loan companies, and on top of old Smokey. <laughs>
4: I'm
2: telling
3: you, kiddo, once the rumor
2: gets started... Hold it, it Professor. Come in. Come, down, Mr. Mayor. Nice to see you.
5: Hello, Molly. McGee. Hi,
3: you He's just in time to help us slice a small beef, boy. I'm trying to convince Molly that it's
5: wrong to repeat a rumor.
3: And I say he's
2: making a mountain out of a molehill.
5: What do you think about it, Homer? Uh... I would say without hesitation or devious meandering that rumors are predominantly to be regarded as nefarious delusion engendered by irresponsible malefactors and that to credit and foster such unverified reports is both culpable and hazardous.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Did you unscrew that and give it to me in sections?
5: I don't believe in rumors. Oh, then you're with me. Yes, McGee. For once, I find myself on your side. Good. And it frightens me a bit. Well,
2: now this was a very minor thing, and I. Simply... Well, now
5: I'm sure you wouldn't repeat anything malicious, Molly. I merely feel that it's a mistake to accept unfounded hearsay. Had a boy, Letty. Guys like us don't go for them unfounded hearsays. Yes, sir. We're too
3: smart to be took in by a rumor monger. <laughs>
5: McGee. A mongrel is a cur. Exactly. We're too smart to let such a thing occur. (laughs) I wonder if it's too late to change (laughs) sides. I'll bet in your business the rumors come thicker than cold gravy. Yes, I've had my share. Yeah. <laughs> I recall one particularly obnoxious rumor that cropped up last election time. Yeah. My opposition started the vicious report that I planned, if re-elected, to appoint my brother-in-law as city treasurer. Oh. Were you going on And throw my uncle out of a job?
1: <laughs> Billy Mills, the orchestra, and Manhattan.
3: Say, kiddo, you got to steer clear of this rumor racket. A rumor is like an octopus that reaches out and grabs innocent victims with them slithery things it reaches out and grabs innocent victims with.
2: <laughs> I suppose you mean it's tentacles.
3: I guess that's the word. I, I was never sure whether an octopus had eight tentacles or ten tentacles. <laughs>
2: And now you just work it out, lover. I think I'll go up to my room and lie down with a pillow on each side of my head. What's
3: matter? Are you tired? No.
2: No, I feel fine, but my ears need a rest.
3: Oh.
2: And if I hear any rumors, I'll ignore them, dear.
3: Okay, Tootsie. Ah, there goes the good kid. Just weak is all. <laughs> Lucky she's got me to guide her, because... Come in.
6: Hi, mister. Oh, hi, King. Hi.
3: Come on in, sis. What's
6: on your mind, is any? Betsy, have you seen my little dog, Margaret, mister? Have you seen him, Margaret, huh? No,
3: no. Not today. Can't you find him?
6: No. Oh. He, he's been gone on after now, I bet you. Oh. And I've got to find him real soon because it's time to throw in soon. You say his bowling lessons? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. He's been eating his food on the floor, and I'm trying to kick him meat out of a bowl. <laughs> now,
3: I'm glad you cleared that up.
6: <laughs>
3: don't you worry, he'll come back home. He's a pretty smart dog, isn't he? Oh, he's
6: wonderful, my yeah. dear. Just wonderful he got a blue ribbon at the cap show, mister. Yes. <laughs> he did,
3: eh?
6: And he out, who? I says he did, eh? Who did? Margaret. Did Got a blue ribbon. Back. At the cap show. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> he sneaked you and my got it off the biggest cap there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that one needed clearing up, too started out like
6: one of them rumors, sis, and you know what a rumor is. Oh, dear. Yeah? Well, he just a room in his house. Oh? His name is Mr. Schmeck, and he runs... No, his... no, no, no. <laughs> it's not the
3: kind of rumor I mean, Jeannie. I was referring to the sort of rumor that gets spread around.
6: Sure, like Mr. Schmack. Hmm? We the a did on the top step yesterday. and uh-huh. Mr. Schmuck stepped on it, no boy see how spread around the front house. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all very interesting,
3: yeah. but the kind of rumor I'm talking about, I tell you, us. yeah,
6: yeah.
4: <laughs>
6: the kind of rumor
3: I'm talking about, though, is the sort of a story that people start and it just grows and grows
6: and grows. Oh boy, a story! Yeah, tell me a story about rumors, sir, Mister Hoyer? Please tell me this. All
3: right, sis, I will. This story will show you what happens when somebody starts a rumor. Once upon a time,
4: I've heard it. No. You haven't
3: heard this one. I ain't even made it up yet.
4: Okay. All right.
3: Once upon a time, this whole country was just jumping with little green elves. Uh... And the little green elves and the people like us all lived together. They had their little houses right next door to the people's big houses, and the people would invite the elves in for coffee and donuts. And uh, the elves would invite the people in for mushrooms and dewdrops.
4: <laughs>
3: well, sir, everything was wonderful till one day a man was watching an elf walk by. And this little elf walked in front of a green bush. Like I told you, the elf was green. And when he walked in front of the green bush, the man couldn't see him anymore. And he rushed home and told his wife that an elf had disappeared right in front of his eyes.
6: Oh, sir.
3: So the wife told a friend of hers and she told a friend and this friend told somebody else so pretty soon the rumor got around that elves were disappearing all over the place. Uh. So finally the rumor got so big that people said all the elves had disappeared and there weren't any more elves. And that's why elves are still around today only only nobody can see them
6: anymore.
4: Uh.
6: <laughs> 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 I like that. I kind of like that, too. And you know something? Hmm? It's just a rumor that people can't see elves anymore, Mr. Yeah? I can see them all around here. <laughs> you can see elves right here in the
3: room,
6: huh? I can't them, Mr. <laughs> hey, watch your feet, Mr. Huh? Don't step on them. Huh? listen, oh. you little right here, and I'll come back and get you in just a little while. That's teeth this matter Awful this. So long, mister. <laughs> hmm.
3: what wonder if that kid really... Oh, no. <laughs> that couldn't be. He's just pulling my...
2: Say, was somebody here, dear?
3: Hey, watch your step, Molly. Watch your step. Don't step on the (laughs) floor. I mean, uh, you have a nice rest, kiddo.
2: Oh, just wonderful. I lay down for nearly three minutes. Good. But I kept hearing voices down here, so I got up again.
3: While Ginny was just here, I was telling her about rumors.
2: I think I'll go lay down again.
3: No, sir, you stay right here, kiddo. Sit down and relax, like I was saying.
1: Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello,
2: Mr. Wilcox. Hi,
1: Junior. Sit down. I can't stay but a minute, pal. got to get downtown. Well,
2: I wish you'd take himself here with you, Mr. Wilcox. He's in one of his superior moods today, and I've been getting a lecture.
1: Really? I didn't know you two ever disagreed on anything, pal. Oh, it's not disagreement, Junior. I'm just explaining. I'm surprised to hear there's any friction in this happy home.
4: Oh-ho! Oh! (laughs)
1: How I thought you were everything to Molly. Like that old popular song, uh, I believe the title was, uh, You're the Salt in My Stew.
2: No, Mr. Wilcox, you're the cream
1: in my coffee.
3: Oh, Molly, now
1: you're done. Oh!
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh,
1: Thank you very much, Molly. But the cream in your coffee should be pets. Pet evaporated milk. Now he's doing it with song titles. Next <laughs> <laughs> week with mirrors. Because uh, pet milk gives your coffee that rich, creamy color, that mm-hmm. fine, mellow flavor, that full-bodied taste that means real delight to a coffee lover. You yeah, see, home from beauty That's place. because pet milk is double rich. <laughs> Just good whole milk made double rich by evaporation. Yeah, but Molly... Monica... and when you use pet milk in your coffee, you've got a real taste treat. Yeah, but what that got to do with yes, the Yes,
4: sir. <laughs> Yes,
1: sir, as one of my favorite American poets once wrote, and I quote, Like your coffee rich and mellow, use pet milk. That does it, fellow.
4: <laughs> what
3: favorite American poet did that
1: little jam?
6: Me? so on, <laughs>
2: Mr. Wilcox was a poet, did he? No,
3: just another rumor, kid, it. <laughs> but I, as I was about to explain to you how a rumor gets a start. Uh oh. Now, here's my chance to show you how to mean. I'm going to start a rumor, and I'll tip you off, and I'm going to plant it. Come in. Oh, hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Hello oh, there, kid, Tom. Hi,
4: Johnny. Hi, old <laughs> Hey, I've
3: brought you a little present, kid. Yeah? A duck I killed with my own hands and a daisy air rifle. Well, That's darn nice of you. Where'd you shoot it? Dugan Lake? Nope. Went to a couple of lakes that was named by the Indians. Oh? One of them is Lake Ocoblipi, and the other one is Lake Ibnabarco. <laughs> <laughs> the
4: Coblipi <Cuma-Briti>
3: fell backwards. <laughs> Well, why did they do that? Well, the first lake was for young Indians. The second one was for Indians over thirty five.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Which... <laughs> Which lake
3: did you shoot the duck on? The first one, eh? No Indians. <laughs> It's exciting, Johnny. I hunted down into a duck blind with my breech-loading daisy air rifle, and pretty soon a duck came flying by. Duck. I took careful aim, blazed away, and the air was full of splinters. <laughs>
4: splinters?
3: I aimed a mic too low and hit my own decoy. I thought you were a good shot, old-timer. trouble was, I wasn't loaded. How'd you hit the decoy if there wasn't any shot in the gun? Oh! The gun was loaded, but I
4: wasn't. Oh,
3: I shoot better when I had a couple of nips. Oh, I see. So I took a couple of nips of my homemade blackberry cordial, which is homemade out of potato peels and fusel oil. And then Man, I
4: <laughs> oh,
3: if that's what it's made out of, why do you call it blackberry cordial? Because if you drink too much of it, you turn black and they bury you. Cordial. Oh. <laughs> come along and here it is. Well, thanks again. Okay, Molly, watch this, kid. Here goes the voice of a rumor. I'm listening. Hey, old-timer, do you know Harry Jones? Who, Johnny? Harry Jones. Oh, sure, know him well. What about him? Well, get this. I was downtown today, and I saw him at the luggage store at 14th and Oak looking at the suitcases. You did? That's real interesting, Johnny. Can't say exactly why, but it's real interesting. (laughs) Forgot that. Huh? Here's the recipe for fixing that duck. Oh. Calls for one pot of boiling water, yeah. one duck chopped up, carrots, onions, and so on. Oh, sounds good. Is it hard to make? It ain't hard at all, Johnny. In
1: fact, it's duck soup. <laughs> the King's
4: Man, man, nothing like a dame. We got the light on the sand, we got the light
1: on the sea. We got mangoes and bananas you can pick right off a tree. We got volleyball and ping pong and a lot of fancy games.
4: What do we got? We, we
1: got say We get packages from home, we get movies, we get shows, we get pictures from our skipper and advice
3: from Tokyo. We get letters stuffed with view and we get dizzy from the
1: smell. What don't we get? We all darn well. Got nothing to put on a clean white suit for. We got nothing to look masculine and beautiful.
4: There is nothing like a day, nothing in the world. There is nothing you
1: can name that is anything like a day. I like could feel a feeling of some arms around our neck.
3: We feel hungry as a wolf when he met Red Riding Hood. What don't we feel? We don't feel
4: good. Lots of things in life are beautiful, but brother. There is one particular thing not like any other. There that
1: is, is nothing, nothing like, like a thing. Nothing
4: the world. there is nothing you can say that is anything like a the day, there are no books like a day, and nothing looks like a the day, there are no drinks like a day, and nothing thinks like a day, and nothing acts like a day. I can say. There ain't no things that's wrong with any man here. They can't be just by what we're here. But like Curly Wallace is female, feminine day.
3: Here, you saw the birth of a rumor. That little thing I told him about seeing Harry Jones at the luggage store will get built up till everybody makes a big thing out of it. Not you, though. You're too smart. You betcha. You mark my words, see By tomorrow, Madam Bertha will be telling you that Harry Jones is taking a trip around the world.
2: I hope he's right.
3: Why, I'll bet that this very
2: minute...
3: I'll bet this very minute the old-timers telling somebody that Harry Jones has bought a suitcase. <laughs> Hello there, old timer. What's new? Oh, nothing much, except for what I heard about Larry Jones. Know him? Larry Jones? He's a patient of mine. He's a cashier at the Third National Bank. Say, he is, ain't he? Hadn't thought of that. Funny how he's been down at the luggage store getting himself a couple of trunks.
1: Trunks, man?
4: <laughs>
1: Funny, he's already had his vacation.
3: Well, he sure needed some new luggage, Doc. You ever see that old
1: bag he took with him? I never discussed <laughs> my patient's wives, Goldberg.
4: <laughs>
1: I wonder if he's planning to leave town.
4: <laughs> Mr.
3: O'Malley, have you heard about Larry Jones, the cashier at the bank? Yes, and I haven't heard a single word about the boy. Well, they tell me he's getting ready to take a trip out of town. Yes, and is that what he's after doing? A bank cashier shouldn't do that. Yes, and you're right. It looks suspicious.
1: Hey! <laughs> oh, it's a terrible thing I to give him, Mister Wilcox. There's probably a bit of money missing from the bank. You don't say so, Mister O'Malley. Well, do you know how much is missing? Oh, five or ten thousand. Just a drop in the bucket. Well, speaking
3: of a drop in the bucket, I was on my way to get some beer. Good boy. <laughs>
1: Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello, Hilo. Have you heard the news? They tell me there's a lot of money missing from the Third National Bank. Fifty or sixty thousand dollars. My goodness. I almost
3: opened an account there. <laughs> I'm glad they turned me down.
1: They turned you down? Yes.
3: For more than a month, I saved half of the lunch money I got from C-Safe. <laughs> but the bank refused it.
1: Why? Well, we said forty four cents wasn't
4: enough.
1: Well, what does she give you for lunch money? Two cents a day. Two cents? How does she expect you to live on that? You know,
6: I don't think she
1: really cares. Well, what did you do with the forty four cents you managed to save? I blew it all on a banana split. Wimple, you're amazing. You starve for more than a month to save forty-four cents, and then spend it on a banana split.
3: Well, easy come, easy go. Uh, how much did you say was missing from the bank? Oh, Oh,
1: eighty or ninety thousand dollars, probably.
3: There's big news, Ole. Almost a million dollars is missing from the bank. I thought so, Vimble, well, well, well. it doesn't seem to bother you. That's what it bothered me. Me and the message don't put our money in banks. We used shove it in the mattress.
6: In the mattress?
3: Sure, half in my twin bed and half in the message twin bed. That's where we keep good balance, it is. You keep all
4: your money?
3: You, you keep all your money in the mattress? Oh, use the paper money. You know, what's first? I keep small change in the bed, too, but I stop. You see the kids in the next room, you do up too many times and ask the Santa Claus coming. Santa Claus, why? That every time I turn over, yingle, yingle, yingle. to keep my money that way. That once the mistress got scared, too. In the morning, she yelled out, Ole, there's a strange man in my bed. In the bed? Yes, yeah, a dollar bill, you know, broke loose from the top of mattress and the missus wake up face to face with George Washington.
4: <laughs> well,
3: you're lucky enough to have money in the bank. Imagine over a million dollars missing. Hey, McGee is here to play a game of pool. I think I told him all about it. <laughs>
2: been looking all over for you. It's past supper time. Heaven, McGee, why are you digging up the backyard?
3: Just protecting our future, kiddo. The Third National Bank has gone busted.
2: What? Where'd you hear this?
3: I got the dope straight from only at the Elks Club, and rushed right over and drew out all our life savings.
2: Yeah, but McGee, this may be just a rumor. Rumor,
3: my clavicle. You know me better than that. <laughs> I don't fall for stuff some ignorant busybody starts. Out of my way. Stand back, kiddo. I want to bury this
1: dough
4: deep.
1: (laughs) Libber and Molly return in a moment. Men may be better at arithmetic than women, but when it comes to getting the most for their money, my hat is off to the women. Take an everyday food item like milk, No milk you can buy gives you more for your money than PET evaporated milk. And women are smart enough to know it. That's why in grocery stores you'll see women reaching for PET milk several cans at a time. And it isn't just the price. Although PET does cost less generally than any other form of milk. It's what you get for that money. Sweet country milk concentrated to double richness. That's PET evaporated milk. So rich you can mix it with an equal amount of water and still have milk that's richer than the usual bottled kind. So rich, you can use this milk instead of cream for coffee. How's your supply of pet milk? If you're down to that last can, better pick up some at your grocer's tomorrow.
2: And Mrs. Toops phone last night, dearie, right after you got to sleep. Yeah? You know what? Hmm? She heard a rumor that prowlers had been seen in the neighborhood and
3: thought she ought to warn it. Prowlers? Oh, my gosh. And our Joe out there in the backyard. Don't you
2: worry now. Huh? I told her very proudly that my husband does not believe in rumors. Hey, yeah,
3: but. Well, well, now, let's not overdo this thing, kiddo. You know them. Then
2: I went out and dug it up. Oh. Well, come on, get your hat. This money goes back to the bank.
4: Oh, okay. Good night.
2: Good night, all. <laughs>
1: evaporated milk, Pet Milk, brings you Fiddle McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night,
4: won't
1: you? Sometimes, suddenly and unexpectedly, something happens that could change all your dreams and plans for the future. And it's this sort of frightening prospect that faces young wife Sally Carter in the dramatic story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. The second big feature is Mary Lee Taylor's recipe of the week for a delicious pet milk dessert that's easy to make and economical, too. Chocolate nut pie. For the story of the week and the recipe of the week, tune in sure next Saturday morning for Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor, a Saturday morning favorite on NBC. <laughs> It's Playhouse on Broadway starring Linda Darnell on NBC.